Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome to the Oz Network for day three of 24, uh, for one hour at least, 2 a.m. to 3 a.m. Um, everybody's favorite hour of the day because it is going to be now because this, I'm saying it right now, this is the best episode of the season. Uh, spoiler, uh, we talked about that last week. Spoilers, best episode of the season. Highest ranked episode of the season for me. Um, that's it. We're done. I bought it. All right. Thank you. Join us next week for episode number 15. Uh, episode 14, <laughs> 2 a.m. to 3 a.m. Uh, the famous script from Howard Gordon and Evan Katz and Brian Spicer back to direct again. Not Brian Singer. Uh, one of these days, Brian Singer will do 24 whenever he's allowed to direct again. And one of these days, Colin uh, will tell a new joke. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I'll attempt at it. <laughs> Imagine if, if, if we'd recorded these back to back. Who are you, Max be... Dawson? You're not that shit. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, I'm excited for this one. Best episode of the season. Uh, my name is Colin, and your neck is bleeding. Because <laughs> he got shot in the neck. <laughs> <laughs> remember when Tony got shot in the neck. Um, <clears throat> and my name is Ben, and this podcast demands results. That's what I provide, results. Uh, and Patreons, so let's have yeah. the results. Sign up to our Patreon. <laughs> we're, we're now giving away dates with Ben. You think I'm, <laughs> you think I'm unfiltered on the uh, the unpaid stuff? Wait till you start paying me. I really, oof, Max Dawson is not safe in our Patreon next episode we do. I'm just telling you now. Our one listener will be uh, shocked at what I say. Uh, and it's not that Connie Britton has AIDS. <laughs> Connie Britton has AIDS? <laughs> no, not Connie Britton. Uh, tell me you agree with me. Tell me this episode is not the best of the season. I love um, it. I love this episode, but I, looking at my rankings, I have this as the second best episode of the season. So, um, you know, uh, it's it's very good. It's it's. I mean, the ending is amazing. Um, we've got a you know a top five moment. There's another scene in this which I haven't marked as a potential top five, but it's it's so well acted, so great. Um, there's a few plot holes, but um, <laughs> other than that, it's yeah, it's really good. And you know, I just I I'm looking at my list and like I, I mean, famous last words. I obviously don't know the episodes off off my heart off by heart like I do with some of the other shows we've covered. But, like, I mean, given that next week we get Saunders and we're into the final third and I love the ending of this season, I might not bin a single episode this season. Uh, you haven't been one either. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's been a long time since either you and I have been an episode of 24. So we're on a good streak right now. Uh, yeah, and 
this is the season that I came in kind of agreeing with, I, I guess the masses always sort of looked down on season three and I was never terribly fond of season three. I didn't mind it. It's definitely better than season six, uh, probably better than season eight, season two, but uh, I wasn't high on it, but I think it's, 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 it's weird going through this. you like, maybe there's not as many standout moments as season one or, or some of the better seasons like four and five are going to have, but it's consistent. It's consistently decent. <laughs> that's the, the, this, that's why this episode, I think for me is such a standout because I'm like, wow, this one just blew my mind. And maybe even though we haven't had been episodes this season, I don't know if we've had many blow your mind episodes, maybe one or two. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's just it is much more consistent. I mean, I'll just say this right now: I've got the first episode of this season higher than this episode, but I think you know there's reasons for that. But like, it's yeah, I, I think it's just very consistent and it's very strong. And this is why I've always liked season three, and I don't get why it gets hate sometimes. It's like if people if people maybe said like, oh, it's a bit forgettable, like you know all the other stuff and the big moments that happen in other seasons overshadow this. I'd be like, okay, yeah, fair enough. Like I get that. Um, but like, that's not what people criticize it. People criticize that it's bad and the storylines are terrible and it's just like nothing happens. And it's like, I mean, did people watch season two? Um, did people watch <laughs> season six? Like, it's just, you know, season two obviously has very high highs and very low lows. Season one, again, is another one, which I obviously weirdly defend a lot. Cause a lot of people sometimes will talk down season one and I'm like, well, really season one is like epic. Um, but yeah, like this is turning into like season four for me of Nip Tuck. Like I, I went into Nip Tuck going like nothing will beat season two. Season two is the best season by far and one of the best seasons of television. But I came out of it with season two as my number two season and season four as my number one season. So at this rate, I came into this thinking my number one season of 24 would be season one or season five. At this rate right now, I'm probably ranking season three above season one and I never thought I'd be doing that. So yeah. Not to go back in time to Nip Tuck, which I still have never watched, but uh, tell me that the best season is the one where J.K. Simmons gets boobs. Uh, no, that is season. Is that season two or season? It's season one or season two? Season four is Peter Dinklage season. Uh, oh, so yeah, where he gets boobs. Uh, he almost gets he, well. He almost gets leg extensions because he's a bit. Uh, <laughs> he's like fed up with being a little person. No, so you're like, not allowed to say that. Max Dawson will. Rip you to pieces. <laughs> Can you rip anyone to pieces to try and stay relevant? Um, <laughs> I taught Survivor and then I got voted out third. Oh, Jesus Christ. Don't, like, throw stones, mate, if you can't fucking, like, back up with shit. Um, no, he, like, little person's a correct terminology. Thank you very much. Um, Max no, you didn't even say anything. We're still getting angry. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure Max Dawson's got a tweet like, oh, typical from Ben being sizes. <laughs> Fuck off. Go have a, like, just, what's with that beard? Seriously, mate. Like, come on. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Max Dawson would make a great villain on 24. If That's I was being shat on by, like, somebody actually important in the Survivor community, <laughs> I'd probably, like, you know, take a little, like, if Tony or, you know, Sandra was like, like, sure, fair enough, you're Tony or Sandra. Max Mad Dawson. dog. <laughs> That that's that will make exactly Deb Eaton like fucking you know <laughs> Stacy Stillman BB anyone who actually is relevant like this is like turning around and saying that all of a sudden oh like I don't know Murder She Wrote is all of a sudden coming after us oh no not Murder She Wrote oh back off you know like fucking hell Max just shut the fuck up <laughs> uh, for context on that 
Sign up Patreon. for Patreon. <laughs> there we go. I'm not getting into <laughs> it on our free shit. <laughs> oh, juicy uh, Ben versus Max Dawson. Both our listeners are going to sign up to Patreon now. And if we get both of his followers, we'll double our Patreon. Hey, you sign up to our Patreon, Max Dawson, with all the money that you've made in your fucking stellar <laughs> podcast career. How's your podcast going with Corinne? Yeah, going well. I'm sure people tune into that to listen to you. Uh, <laughs> we're going to take this break from Ben versus Max Dawson to get into 24. Uh, <laughs> this is going to be one of the most difficult episodes to cover. Like when I was trying to take notes on this, I'm like, how do I? Here comes breakfast. Breakfast. Forget about 24. Breakfast Jamie's the Deb Eaton of the, the Colin Hilding household. Is that uh, Vegemite on toast? Nice uh, hoodie, Jamie. Yeah, I like the Superman hoodie. Nice. Yes. All right. Um, I will get to these pancakes when I'm done talking. Uh, okay. So, um, difficult episode to cover because a lot of stuff happens at the same time here. And there's really no, like, CTU versus Jack. It's all the same. This is, as we said, Nina's coming home. Jack's coming home. Um, I figure everything that does not have to do with the location of CTU, get out of the way. First and foremost, let's start with, Marcus Alvers and uh, I don't keep forgetting the Amador, the other Amador. guy, Amador. <laughs> yeah, they go into some secret strip club. Max they Dawson. give the code word. Yeah, Max Dawson. <laughs> uh, they go into the secret strip no, actually, club. No, that's, sorry, that's, that yeah. that that that's mean to Amador. Yeah, <laughs> we're sorry, he's Amador. A, he's a good character. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it for them. Not not much to talk about the the meetings. Um, the maid comes in. She didn't hear all that shouting and dying earlier, but she gets up to use the washroom or something at 2 a.m. And she stumbles across the body. <laughs> like, where, where has she, she been, been all this whole night? What's she doing? The president of the United States was there. Don't you think she'd be like, is that the president of the United States? Yeah. Like, no, she's been watching telenovela in her bedroom. I was going to say that. She's, <laughs> she's been watching the, the Salazar drama happening in Mexico in yeah. Mont El Paso. <laughs> Who is she? Where does she come from? Like, <laughs> like that, that, that's kind of what we mentioned last week about the plot holes. Like she should have heard something going on. She should have been there. There should have at least been, uh, I don't know, the conversation with Sherry and Julia last week. It's like, you need to turn off all the cameras. And how about don't let your maid come out. Tell yeah. her to stay in her room. <laughs> exactly. Like, well, she's a shit maid. If like a week ago, a car's like rocked into the gates and like entered the code, like, I like look out my window if a neighbor comes on. Like, Who's that? What's going on here? This is yeah. you know I'm I'm busy. I'm watching shit. But like the, the maid is just like oh tra la 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 la. I gotta go get the <laughs> two a.m. milk. Ah, he's dead. Uh, now by the time David finds out about this, uh, of course he's in another important briefing in this episode. I can't remember if they interrupt the briefing so he could go look at sherry sleeping on the couch uh, <laughs> that's basically what happens uh i do love the video wall that they have with david in this episode that's nothing to do with the story but i, I actually wonder i'm like has somebody actually freeze frame to see if any of those people on the video his zoom wall here are the same ones that tried to overthrow him the previous season be curious well the was. guy that talks isn't so I'm, I'm assuming he's got a completely new cabinet right because i know he's like oh and i want you to all keep your jobs except for you alan dale or whatever it is but like it's oh no alan dale stays on the other one doesn't stay on mike gets fired doesn't he anyway mike but um no i feel they're different but uh yeah he, he comes in sherry's sleeping on the couch and did you know that alan milliken died what no not alan that couldn't have happened in the last 
half hour that I've been gone. Um, David doesn't believe a word she says. Like, again, this is just Sherry at her best. Like, she is backpedaling. She's telling stories. She's just fessing up to it, but she's fessing up in a way where she's covering for herself. Uh, my favorite part here is where he's like, the truth will come out, Sherry, of course, because he's David Palmer. And, oh, I've got to be honest and noble. And it's like, I'm going to pull phone logs. And if it shows you were there, it's David. Think about it for a second. If they start pulling phone logs, they're going to start with yours. And I don't think you want that. <laughs> and uh, this is, I don't even think it's Sherry, you know, trying to blackmail David or anything. She's just being completely logical. And that's what's so great about Sherry. Um, and uh, Wayne decides that he's going to come in later and, you know, disrupt things by, after David has basically said they're going to be pulling phone logs, when he finds out about this, he's like, let me call Julia. Cause that's not going to look more suspicious. So David or sorry, Wayne is screwing everything up here even worse after we've basically been told no contact, no conversations, nothing. Uh, now he's calling. She's like, I want you to come here, Wayne. Like, that's not a good idea. Um, that's basically it. It is setting up things that are still to come. It's, it's, it's tiding us over, but the body has been found. Now the maid is probably going to be put to jail for life because somebody must have killed him. And it definitely wasn't Sherry Palmer because there's no phone logs. I the, just on the Palmer stuff because like, there's a few things like he's actually kind of being a president for once, and he's actually you know talking about the threat levels and all this sort of stuff. Which again, like considering last season, it was all like, oh, a bomb is going to go off today, and he's off doing his calls. This it was like, oh, the virus, yeah, sure, forgets about it. Now he's back to it, and he's just kind of all like oh, you know, we're going to call Homeland Security. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Um, yeah, it's it's okay. It's, you're going to get a lot more. Because let's be honest, we haven't really had Palmer be very presidential this season. He had a he had a debate. He had a bit of a fight and a breakup with Wendy Crewson. And now he's basically getting Sherry to do his dirty work. So, like, we're 14 episodes in and we haven't really had Palmer be a president as such this season. So, But we're going to get that in the last bit. Um but there's a couple of moments here before I get to like the Sherry stuff. It's I, I love it like when Sherry actually comes back and like Wayne, like she sees Wayne, she's like, Wayne. And then Wayne just kind of looks at her and walks out. Like it's it's such a weird little moment where she's like, Wayne. Um I also love Palmer with Aaron walking to see Sherry. It's like, what are you mm. still doing here, Aaron? I felt like you were having a long day, sir, so I decided to stay a little bit long. Ah, oh, Aaron, good for you. Get a raise, you beautiful man. Um, but <laughs> so I've looked up the maid, the housekeeper, is Beatrice. Uh, <laughs> which uh, Beatrice was a housekeeper working at the home of Alan and Julia Milliken on jury day three. She was responsible for arming the security camera system at the Milliken estate. <laughs> So we we see her next week because she's questioned by Detective Norris. Um, <laughs> oh, so she she does see the car. I've spoiled this for next week. She informed him that a light-coloured car, possibly a Mercedes, woke her up. Um, so, okay, sorry, we're jumping ahead to spoiling next week. No, Beatrice, no, Beatrice. <laughs> uh, still, shit, Beatrice. But oh, the, the scene we have between David and Sherry is so good. Like, yeah. I mean, if... This, this, there's some stuff that does drag out a little bit in this episode, I will say. Like, a bit repetitive interrogation stuff. It's still good, but, like, it kind of goes on for a bit. Whereas this scene, like, I think why I like this episode so much is it, it is very season one-ish. 
you've got a good solid Sherry and David storyline and scenes and a good solid Jack and Nina, you know, storyline and scene. But like, I just, you said it like perfectly the way Sherry's just kind of classic Sherry, like David Allen's dead. What? (laughs) And it's like, you said you, I did it. I pulled over to make calls. No, you're lying. Like I'm going to get your phone logs. Well, maybe you should think about that, David. (laughs) (laughs) And then like, just the way she plays this off and he's kind of all like, yeah, so I went there and he had a heart attack. And then kind of David's just like, hmm, Awkward. I don't believe you. Which I've also got a question, like, what, like, how does Wayne get, like, what? who's calling Wayne to tell him that Alan's dead? Like, was there a deleted scene with Julia basically going like, you know, oh, he's dead? Like, the cops are just automatically, like, why does Wayne know this straight away? Like, it's... Because it's kind of implied when he calls Julie that basically that's the first time they've spoken. So how the fuck does Wayne know that he's dead? Um, That's a very good question. Uh, You said you had some plot holes. I can't explain it. Yeah, that's like a big one there. Like like literally have the scene when like they speak speak on the phone. Like have a scene where Julie's just like, you know, Wayne, you got to help me. Alan's dead and Sherry was here. That would make more sense. So I think they kind of screwed that up. But I do like the scene between Wayne and David where basically – um, David's kind of like, you know, like I, you know, Sherry lies all the time. She's capable of anything, but murder. No, I don't see it. And then Wayne's kind of like, oh, well, Julie's not capable of it either. Um, I like, I disagree. I kind of like the, the scene. Like, I don't think it's necessarily that stupid by Wayne. Like he's just basically trying to clear up, um, Julie's name. So yeah, I kind of well, think but he's, <laughs> he already knows there's something suspicious going on here. He's calling her. Yeah. And- Phone but, but logs like he, have already been brought into the show. Yeah, no, like, yeah, but, like, I think the way he plays it off, where he basically just gets her side of the story, and then she's all like, come over, please, I'm single now, we can fuck. And basically he's just like, no, thanks, got to go, bye. And then just, like, hangs up. So, and I think but that's he's smarter, important. He's smarter than she is. Yeah, well, that's but very they're important. they're both kind like, of dumb. With, this is going to lead somewhere quite significant later on in this. So, um, it's like, but, like, I, I just love the Sherry and David scene. Um, and is this... This is going to be one of the last time we ever get to see these two in a room together. I feel like I feel like this is going to become limited. I, I was wrong. Clearly, in season one, oh, yeah. Jack and David are never in a room together anymore. <laughs> was that two more times that season? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I actually from memory, Jack and David are never going to be in a room together right now. I don't think ever. <laughs> it's on. going to happen next week. Now that you said that. <laughs> oh no, next season. No, they're on the phone next season. Uh Maybe they are next season. Actually, I think they are. Whatever. The point is, we're not here to talk about next season. But it's great. I love it. It's so good. And I just, it just, it's intriguing. It's taking away a little bit from the Palmer stuff because, again, he's not being presidential. But, I mean, as we said last week, there's going to be a big payoff for this whole storyline. So, Sherry, just Penny Johnson, Gerald. Just give her, give her an Oscar. Take Will Smith's Oscar at the time of recording this. He's come out and given that weird video, uh, which is fine. Like, leave him alone. Make Will Smith like he just slapped someone. Get over it, all right? He's not Max Dawson, okay? Just let him act. Let him do shit. <laughs> but Penny Johnson Gerald also deserves See, Penny Johnson Gerald would not slap someone on stage. She'd get her Oscar with grace and dignity. But Will Smith is still okay. I'm not saying he doesn't have yes. grace. He apologized. Move on. Make Will Smith again. Let him do yeah, shit. Yeah, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. Coming soon to the Oz Network. Yeah. Make Will Will Smith Smith. great again month. Exactly. Uh, Title still pending. Um, Let's do the baby stuff really quickly. (laughs) This is what I was saying. I baby stuff even in this episode. I know we were kind of disagreeing last week about whether last week was more annoying with the whole the baby is Chase's 
or this week. To me, this is worse because this is like you have a bad revelation of the father is Chase Edmonds. And this week you have them making an even bigger deal out of it. Like the most annoying part for me is when Chase meets Jack. Now Chase finds out about this because Chloe basically says, sorry, I had to tell him about your baby. Why would you do that? It's like, I had a baby dropped on me on the doorstep of CTU. I had it in my desk drawer. What was I supposed to do? Um, <laughs> Next to the stapler. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I kept going uh, to get my stapler to staple important documents, and I kept picking up a baby instead. Got in the way. This was this was almost the baby of Eric Stapler. I mean, <laughs> just it happened to be closer to the binder. <laughs> Not Connie but- Britton because she's got AIDS. <laughs> Um, but, uh, the, uh, the, the part that annoys me the most is where Chase is talking to Jack and he's like, you're going to find out something about me. That's not going to make you happy. And Jack's like, Oh no, what is it? He goes, I got a kid. How dare you? You had a child. Like one of those little things that with a diapers, have I not taught you better than that? Chase. Put a condom on a chase. You're a man. <laughs> so you get real AIDS. Men, real men don't have babies. <laughs> Connie Britton got AIDS because she didn't wear a condom. Learn from Connie Britton. Chase, you've gone too far. Get out of this office. How dare you? Like, why is Chase like, you're not going to be happy, Jack? I got a baby. He's got no reason to apologize. It's a baby. And then you make it even worse with Kim, where he's like, oh, I'm sorry I didn't tell you, Kim. Well, why did you tell me? How could you not? How could you have forgot to tell me that you had a baby? He's like, well, I only found out about it a month ago. I'm like, okay, so this baby's been there a year. You've only had it for a month. It's like they introduced the idea of the baby, and this is where we're dissecting the writer's room. We're going to throw a baby in there. Whose baby is going to be? We're thinking maybe Jack's. We're thinking maybe Nina's, but we'll decide on that later. Then they get closer to the reveal, and they're like, oh, we need the reveal. It's like, oh, we don't want to do it with Jack. It's going to screw things up. Uh, Nina's, it's, what are you going to do? Nina's going to die, then, then what? Okay, just make it chase. I'm like, all right, no, now we got to explain why this was so dramatic. Well, he didn't know about the baby, but none of this is dramatic. And this is what bothers me more than what happened last week is that you have this revelation of Chase is the father. And yes, dun, dun, dun. And then you're trying to back it up with the worst facts ever. Like, you're going to be upset with me. I didn't know about this until a month ago. Like, none of this is good. And this is the reason why, despite that we are criticizing it so much, that... We forgot that Chase was the father. We were in mid-episode. Like, whose baby yeah. was this again? We didn't remember. This is why, because it is nothing. They, they make they build up all this drama and then they reveal it is nothing. Like this is this is awful. It, I mean, the whole storyline's awful. I agree. I still think last week's worse, uh, just because of the the plot reveal and everything along those lines, and just it's just dumb. Like, yeah, I see what you're saying. I mean, yeah, the chase of like, you're not gonna like it. I made a bit of a boo-boo. Naughty Chase slapped me on the wrist, but not the hand. It's, it's fine, by the way. Um, but, like, I, I think Jack should be more annoyed at the fact that he hasn't told Kim. Like, that's where it, like, he should be like, damn it, Chase, like, you're lying to This is why I don't want you to fuck my daughter. And wear a condom, you dirty man, you dirty animal. Um, but, like, it's, yeah, that's a bit where it's at. But, like, the Chase and Kim scene, like, in all fairness to Chase, like, you know, I think I'm kind of team chase here. If anything, the oh, his, ex girl, his ex-girlfriend's the monster. Like, yeah, you, you know, like, I mean, imagine if, I mean, you wouldn't, you'd mean you'd have to have sex with someone else, but like, I mean, it doesn't really work <laughs> if Jamie says you're like, oh, I only found out I had a baby a month ago. <laughs> like, <laughs> 
not how babies work, Ben. But like, if you were a normal human, uh, a normal male who liked sex, and like you found out that you know three months into dating Jamie that you'd had another child out of you know all the women that are throwing themselves at you in your office, um, <laughs> I was it Jenny from accounts or whatever? Um, but it's yeah, it's it's. That's a bit where it's like, okay, I'm kind of team chase here. Like, wear a condom, but like, I mean, he probably did wear a condom. Like, I mean, they're only like yeah. 99% effective or something like that. But a condom, Colin, is what you wear when you have sex and you don't <laughs> want to get. Just I'll explain to you. You probably need to Google that. But um, yeah, it's it. it I don't. I, I disagree with you that it's worse than last week, but it's still terrible. You could have made this so much better if they're like, who's the mother? And he's like, it's Connie Britton. Now that's yeah. drama because he could have AIDS and so could the baby. And then when she and comes so into it Jim. in season five, that weird blonde kid is like, he's yeah. got a, everyone's got AIDS because of Connie Britton. It wasn't Britton. a girl. It was a boy all along and this is the baby. <laughs> <laughs> Chloe, don't you remember babysitting Kim? This is the baby. <laughs> yeah. Well, Kim's got AIDS too. Yeah, everybody's got AIDS. Uh, uh, what's his name? It's gonna have AIDS. Her her boyfriend in the future, or her oh, man, her creepy old man, therapist. Yeah, yeah. her therapist, whatever. You're. Uh, her who knew daddy. That's what it is. Uh, so, anyways, Literally. yes, baby, over and done with. Um, I do love. <laughs> uh, I do love they they land in L.A. and I at this point I'm not questioning the flight time between Old El Paso and L.A. because we've discovered it is an hour. That's it. Uh, but. Six minute drive from landing, not even getting off the airplane, landing. We have touched down, the engines have stopped. Six minutes to walk in a CTU. Did you uh, see the, the mistake, the trivia on 24 Wiki about this? No. So, um, oh, I've, I've lost it now. Um, oh, no, hang on, hang on. Technical difficulties, please stand by. Um, so, uh, here we go. It takes Jack roughly five minutes to get from Point Magoo Naval Air Station to CTU in West Los Angeles. In reality, this journey would take about an hour. Uh, (laughs) Very fast cars in... I mean, it's 2008, as we established last week. Yeah, that's right. It's the future. Yeah, 2004 vehicles couldn't pull this off. 2008, they got the rockets on the back. Remember getting Chopper Command to go down the street and like last season and all that sort of stuff and whatever. Now all of a sudden they're driving five minutes from, you know, this naval base to West LA. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Um, so we also get another awkward confrontation between Kim. This Kim's bothering me again. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm just no. I'm, I'm Kim's great like, in this oh, episode. Kim's bother- no, it's the way she's with, with Jack. Jack or Jax. Yes, sir. She calls him Jack now. Dad, I know about your drug problem. <laughs> like, <laughs> so judgy. <laughs> like, this isn't the time to bring it up, Kim. Um, I, I will say we get to the end. I was always more bothered by the ending of this episode than I am now. Now I'm like, ah, I kind of made a big deal out of that for nothing. Uh, but um, yeah, so this is all out in the open. She confronts him first. And then Chappelle from the Jack, we're going to get you in medical. No, that's okay. I'm fine. I wasn't shot in the hand or the neck or anything. No, no, no. <laughs> we know you've been injecting heroin. Yeah, but you know what? I'm good. <laughs> Don't worry about me. Well, he is good. Like about six hours ago, he was scratching his arm, like chewing yeah. at the walls. Now he's fine because he took that magic pill in Mexico, remember? That's what he should say to Chappelle. Chappelle, I'm fine. They gave me this magic pill in Mexico. By the way, I've kept one for you. You and I are going to go like to the drug department of America and sell it. We're going to be fucking rich, mate. Cures addiction. That, that, that's why he says, what is it? all you're going to do if you take me to medical is going to show trace amounts of an opiate because the pill took care of the 
the rest of it. Like th- there's only gonna be trace. Amounts. I think there'll be trace amounts three months later. This guy's yeah. been off heroin for about nine hours, you know? <laughs> and I'm also a bit worried the fact that CTU like last week could, you know, detect the baby's father by just doing a DNA by the end of an hour. So they've probably got the most advanced <laughs> technology. Like, I mean, I'm sure if they like tested your blood, you're going to have opioid in there. Cause you probably took a <laughs> dodgy Advil about 12 years ago that had something in it. <laughs> And then you're going to be, like, strung out for freaking drug use. Like, what's his face? Ross Regliardi from, you know, Nagano. <laughs> Breathed in a bit of dope from his roomie. You know, you're in Canada. That shit's legal. You walk down the street everywhere in Canada and you're inhaling weed. Uh, Ross Regliardi and Ben Johnson still have trace amounts in them, and that's 20, oh, 30 Johnson. years later. <laughs> Different strokes there. Come on. That's like comparing Max Dawson to Richard Hatch. Like, I mean, you know, there's a big discrepancy there. Uh, anyways, instead of taking him to medical, they're going to bring in everybody's fan favorite character, Ray Pacecki. <laughs> oh, there he is. <laughs> there she is, you mean? <laughs> oh. <laughs> that too. <laughs> you really can't tell that there's a short hair. <laughs> I literally paid no attention to this woman. It's so different to the, the, we didn't even mention him last week. Remember like two weeks ago, we were like, oh, this guy had his scenes deleted, but don't worry, he'll be in it next week. The tech guy, he's in it again this week. Oh, yeah. him. Um, but no, I, it's so forgettable is this woman. I, I love it when they have these characters who are like, I'm here to, um, you know, interrogate you, but don't worry, I'm on your side. As opposed to, like, other people who just walk in, no, I'm not on your side, Jack, you dirty <laughs> druggie. Yeah, this this is like a, a counsellor slash interrogator here. Uh, who is which this really woman? She is. This will be Beatrice. I don't care about this, this is, woman. This is the new Armist. Like, this episode actually <laughs> has multiple characters that are like, we're going to make a big deal. We're going to talk about them. They need a the first name and a guy. last. He doesn't <laughs> exactly. talk much. Like the torture guy. Like, they're trying to build so much character for these one-off people. Like, Ray Pacecki. Is it a man or a woman? We don't know. It's Seriously. Uh, Ray Pacecki. 98% of people would automatically assume that's a man. Come on. That's such yeah. a man's name. Uh, I, I, the, the short hair doesn't help, though, right? <laughs> it's like if you said, like, I don't know, Jamie Hill. I mean, that's, well, Jamie's a bit of a boy's name. But, like, if you said, like, I don't know, uh, what's a very feminine? I don't know. It's 2022. <laughs> I can't say what's a feminine name right now. Jenny. You know any men called Jenny? Jen- well, Jesse can be a boy. Um, well, I was, yeah, I thought that's where you're going with it, but yes. No, I meant, like, a, a name which, like, you hear it and you automatically know or well, assume it's a woman. Like, a woman. Uh, Jenny. Nina. Ne- Nina. Uh, Renee Russo. Come on, that's a woman. Um, Connie. (laughs) Well, uh, (laughs) uh, I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm sorry. What was the name? Pat Pachenko. Ray Pachecki. (laughs) Pat Pachenko. Who's Pat Pachenko? And now it really is. It's Pat. It's Pat. (laughs) Pat Pachenko has AIDS. Anyways, Ray, Ray Pat Pachinki is interrogating Ray. Jack. Ray! Where's Finn? Ray! Ray Skywalker! I just want you to be... How dumb was that? You're going to be interrogating... Remember the end of Star Wars when she was said her name was Ray Skywalker? <laughs> so dumb! <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I want to re-loop the Rise of Scar. You know, I, I mentioned how uh, your favorite Survivor season, Survivor All-Stars, I hated just so much because of Amber winning that I re-edited the end. <laughs> the final reveal was Rob and then the celebration. I want to re-edit the Rise of Skywalker now. It's like, what's your name? Ray, Ray, and then Lupin, Pacecki. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to like, you know how we just did Fallen Kingdom like to kind of cap off all our Jurassic World recaps. We're going to obviously do Dominion one day, but I kind of just oh, want to, we? if, if we're ever just like sitting around one day and we don't have anything to do, can we just do a full recap of Rise of Skywalker so we've got all the Star Wars oh, yeah. movies just complete? It's just, Ray, Ray Skywalker. <laughs> it's the dumbest ending to a movie ever. Like I'd rather the ending of Dirty Dancing over the ending of, Ray, I agree. Ray I, I 100% agree. <laughs> oh my god! What was the ending of the Emoji movie? I can't even remember. I was celebrating <laughs> that so much. That was probably better. The ending of Zardoz when they're like skeleton couple, <laughs> like better than Ray Skywalker. Uh, oh, sorry. Oh, uh, Colin, uh, blowing uh, up. That's what happens. You get pancakes for breakfast. Oh, in the of yeah. When your wife brings you pancakes. <laughs> Wow, he's going quiet now. I'm having a drink of water. He's coughing and sneezing. <laughs> Jesus. Any good podcast would uh, edit that out. But no, I just wanted to leave it in for shits and giggles. Ray Skywalker. Max Dawson would have cut that out. We know that. <laughs> Max Dawson wouldn't cut anything out. <laughs> so, anyways. <laughs> so, Ray Skywalker. I hope his beard gets caught in his car door and he gets dragged down the street a little bit. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Jovi's beard stuck in the door. Ah, oh, my beard! <laughs> not the beard! Not the beard! Ah, oh, my beard! <laughs> Open the door! <laughs> so Ray Skywalker here is interrogating Jack, and like, <laughs> why is she Ray Skywalker? Like it's so dumb. <laughs> I want that old granny to be like, who are you? Ray, Ray Skywalker. You're no Skywalker. So I knew the Skywalkers. <laughs> nice woman, her little boy. I know a Skywalker wound when I see one. <laughs> Seriously, does J.J. Abrams sit down and everybody else in Star Wars go, what an ending this would be. She looks to the camera, <laughs> sees Leia and Luke and goes, Ray, Ray Skywalker. I'm like, no. You're a fucking Palpatine. You put this plot twist in it. I want the Emperor to come back in episode 12. You know he's going to. He's going to be like, yes, I am Senator Skywalker. <laughs> Obi-Wan season Just two, he's going to be like, I'm Obi-Wan Skywalker. Skywalker. <laughs> Every star is this. Mandalorian, what is your real name? Mandalorian Skywalker. <laughs> Who's baby this? This Yoda is ba Sky Baby Yoda Skywalker. <laughs> Boba Fett Skywalker. <laughs> Admiral Akbar Skywalker. <laughs> so stupid. Why doesn't that get talked about more? Like the whole thing. Oh, it I does. Guess, it's, it does. Like, everyone's starting to really realise how stupid of somehow Palpatine has returned. <laughs> Which is dumb, but seriously, Ray Skywalker is the dumbest thing in Star Wars. Simple. It is the Max Dawson of Star Wars. 
Yeah, there, there's some good memes. I'll send them to you. <laughs> and here's one here. Ray who? She says Ray Skywalker. And then there's a shot of Anakin. Liar! <laughs> Why is it Anakin standing next to, like, mum and uh, these children? Like, I mean, there's yeah. a whole... Sc- Where's Padme? <laughs> That's, you know, you're now related to Natalie Portman. Like, I mean, you know... God. Yeah, yeah, uh, this is this is now just turned into the the, the rant on Ray Skywalker. This is a good one. Who are you? I'm Ray. Ray who? Ray Skywalker. Cut to Samuel Jackson. You're a Jedi, but we not grant you the rank of Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's this one's great. This is from Solo. I don't have people. Han. Han Skywalker. <laughs> Yeah, why doesn't she go? I'm Ray. Ray Solo. <laughs> I mean, she's by herself. She has no people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, we should probably get back to 24 here. Uh, Jurassic so Ray, Ray World Sky- Dominion better than The Rise of Skywalker. Yes, I completely agree. <laughs> uh, maybe not Thor: Love and Thunder. I think <laughs> Rise of Skywalker might be better than that. Oh, uh, but that wasn't Ray- that bad. It was. You know, it's funny. I don't know if it'll be after. People will be hearing this afterwards, but the review Jamie and I did for Nope, where she she basically goes on a rant about Thor Love and Thunder might have been one of the worst movies I have ever seen. And I have to question, I'm like, was it worse than Mona Lisa Smile? And she's like, no, but it was still really bad. <laughs> oh, Mona Lisa Smile. Oh, Julia Roberts uh, month coming soon. So Ray Skywalker interrogating <laughs> Jack Bauer here. Uh, and like this, it's 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 just stalling. It's it's giving them a reason to remove him from the Nina situation, which is ninety percent of this episode. But even though it's unnecessary, and again, it's just consistently reminding the audience, hey, remember this guy used to be on heroin. Uh, this makes sense. This is the type of stuff that we we criticize. I'm gonna say, I think Chappelle is a better boss than we've given him credit for because. When Chloe's being really suspicious, he's like, no, I'm not going to put you to work. And until it's like, oh, you're the only person we could do. Jack, he's like, okay, Jack, you've been on heroin. I'm going to have you interrogated. Whereas Mason and Tony would do the, Jack, just do your thing. I don't care. Uh, give me a needle. Let me stick it in my arm. Uh, but but Chappelle's following the rules here. And I don't know whether what they're trying to like. There's going to be some bad stuff happening with Chappelle in a couple of weeks. Uh, but uh this almost to me feels like they're trying to warm you up to Chappelle a little bit because the way this scene plays out, it's not Chappelle, the bad guy who's forcing Jack to be interrogated. He's like, Jack, these are the rules. Listen to me. And we've had other people making these same questions. And the way this plays out with it, it coming out during Ray Skywalker's interrogation here, that he's, he started using heroin in December, but he's like, but you weren't in with the Salazar's till February. And he's like, right. But, but they would only hire somebody who's using drugs, right? Which they don't address in the show, but like that alone is completely false because the Salazars themselves aren't injecting heroin. Their other henchmen are not injecting heroin. This is kind of an unwritten plot point in this show that Jack had no need to get in with the Salazars by being hooked on heroin. If anything, that would make him a customer, not an employee of theirs. The employee, employee part, they'd be like, no, you can't be on heroin. This yeah. is kind of the only time it's mentioned here, though. And that is kind of the point of the scene where they're saying, listen, Jack, you didn't need to do this. And he, well, I did need to do it. But then they're like, okay, Jack, Chappelle, the nice guy here, we're going to put it on paper. You started using in February when you got in with the Salazar. But that's a lie. I did it in December. But it definitely wasn't because of grief over my wife. 
It was definitely to get into Salazar. Like Jack is in denial. And I actually love the way that this is back and forth with him saying, no, I only did it to get into Salazar. But he essentially, by refusing to change on the report, is owning up to it. Yeah, I I agree. Um, but I still, one of my biggest problems, I think, with any season of 24 with Jack going completely rogue and they always up the ante is that they always sell this as like, Jack, we're going to deal with this. We're gonna, I mean, we kind of had in season one where it was like, oh, you're going to get into trouble. And they had a whole novel, Jack and the Senate Committee. You know, it was great. But like Jack literally broke a guy out of jail. He's basically a federal fugitive. Basically went on this whole thing about like, how I can never go back to the USA. And the one thing they're questioning him about is his heroin use. Um, like... We love Jack. This is the Jack Bauer Power Hour. This show is all about Jack and, you know, we love it. But, like, again, it kind of makes no sense that, you know, this guy's done all of this shit, lied to the president, done this, done that, everything else, and they only care about the fact that you did heroin! Bad, Jack! That's like not using a condom and get somebody (laughs) pregnant! Um, Like, it's just, that's where it's a bit That's a very good point. Like, it's just, it's it's kind of, yeah. It doesn't change my appreciation for them addressing this in the show and how it is played out, but it's a good point that like this is number four or five on a list of things you've got into fine interrogating about. We say okay, we also need to address the fact that you broke a man out of prison, that you did all this without informing anybody that you and Tony, but Tony should be in this interrogation too. You know, yeah, yeah, there are bigger matters, but it doesn't mean that this is not a necessary thing they should be addressing. And, I like, again, like, I get it. We're really nitpicking this. It's a TV show. It's entertaining. It's Jack doing it. You know, 95% of what Jack does is completely unbelievable. We get it. But, like, we're, we're here to be that show that picks it and has fun at the same time. But, like, how many people died because of Jack breaking someone out of prison? Like, all those prison guards, even the prisoners, the, the, the teams in Mexico that got killed because of Amador, all of these, like, if I'm, like, Russian you know, roulette. Russian roulette. If I'm, you know, prisoner Skywalker and his wife, <laughs> and like, they've called me up, like, Mrs. Skywalker. Your name's Skywalker. Oh, it's a, it's a trend today. Like, sorry, but Larry Skywalker has been murdered in a, you know, he died accidentally in a game of Russian roulette in the prison. Why? Because a federal agent was undercover trying to break someone out of prison. What do you mean undercover? Oh, he kept it secret from the government. Only three people knew. Speaking of which, where the hell is Guy L? He's been missing now for like three weeks. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, like, blah, blah, blah. Oh, so is he being punished? No. Why? Because he was on heroin. Oh, well, that <laughs> explains it then. Like, again, we are being so nitpicky. I understand it. We are reading way too much into this. This is, again, the whole uh, Michael Bay argument of, from Armageddon when Ben Affleck's like, couldn't you just, like, get astronauts to drill? It's like, shut the fuck up and just act in my movie. So, John Kazar, <laughs> if you're listening, you can simply write in and go, shut the fuck up. You saw Jack Bauer conduct a prison riot. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, I was entertained. Fair enough. I'll shut up. But, like, it's just... Anyway, rant over. Ray Skywalker's scene here. <laughs> you know, I, I do like... I do like Jack when he's been honourable Jack. Like, no, I took heroin. Don't lie in the report. Like, it, it is good. And Chappelle's good here, too. You are right. Like, Chappelle's a good boss, despite ignoring everything else. But, yeah, it is purely to get him away from Nina uh, and what we're going to get. But... Can I just point out one thing before you get to the Nina stuff? Um, unless you were going to go something else here. But, like, remember when Marie last season was locked in the Hannibal Lecter cage? Like, mm-hmm. you know, why is it Nina in the Hannibal Lecter yeah. cage? Like, I'm sorry, Nina a oh. little bit worse than fucking Marie. Like, 
Lita wouldn't have gotten out in this one if you had to put her in the Marie cage. And why is she wearing a dog collar? <laughs> I wondered about that too. But bit of BDSM like, going on here, Tony. I think Michelle's watching on. Ooh, a bit of kink going on. It's funny you mention that because I literally have written in my notes here that they are treating Nina like Hannibal Lecter. And I forgot about that cage thing, but you're completely right. Because everything else here, it's 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 like she is the most dangerous human being alive. Like the way everybody's questioned. First of all, can we just give a shout out to Alicia Cuthbert here for, as, even though she annoys me in certain parts of these last couple episodes, uh, the moment where Nina walks, both her and Sarah Clark, when Nina walks past her, the look on Alicia Cuthbert's face it's not like what you expect a young actress to be like, hmm, I'm angry. It's almost just like, I don't, I'm, I'm petrified. Like not petrified as a scared, but like, I don't know what to do. Should like, I can't blink. I, I just, I'm, I'm stunned. Uh, and then with Nina, she gives like the smallest arrogant smile. Like again, another actor, a less talented actor would have sat there and looked at uh, Kim and given her a wink and like, Hey, you know, but Nina, it's so subtle. She just sort of looks at her quickly smirks like arrogantly and then just looks ahead like I killed your mom. All right, I'm moving on. And she just doesn't care. You know, it's, it, it's so insignificant to Nina. It would have been a hundred times better if uh, Kim had walked up to her and gone like, I have sat on this chair all day. I have been kidnapped by a guy who is a double agent. So if you want to get rough with me, bring it on. Bring it. Uh, <laughs> but no, like it also, like it is great. Like I completely agree with you. And like, I disagree with you that Kim's annoying in this episode. I think this is maybe the best Kim episode we've ever had. I think Alicia Cuthbert does a stunning, stunning job in this episode. <laughs> and I think she's so good. And there's a big Even trivia. The chase scene? Yeah. I think, you know, like it's, I think she's great. Like it's okay. At the end of the day, I can see the, the problems with the baby stuff and that, but like, I don't, and even like with a dad, like, yeah, I can see what you're saying about the whole, like, I know about your drug problem, but it's kind of like, I feel you need that in there. You need a little scene where she addresses it quickly. Cause this is where the continuity works. So that was what, like seven episodes ago when she found out about it. So have a little throwaway line about it, a little scene and just a nice little moment where Jack's kind of like, look, I think I'm going to be put in a program. Like I'm, I'm still dealing with it, but like I was embarrassed and I didn't want to tell you. Um, so like it's, it's a nice, and I always appreciate a Jack and Kim scene together. Like it's, it's not something we get a lot of, but I don't know. I just, I love Alish Cuthbert in this episode. I think she's amazing. It's the bangs, right? Oh, and bangs on swimmer's body. Yeah, um, she bangs. I uh, hey, we're allowed to reference Ricky Martin again. Are you happy? Yeah, sorry, Ricky, you didn't fuck your nephew. It's all good. We yeah, apologize we for like the twenty uh, incest <laughs> joke. I mean, but actually, I don't really apologize. As a Tasmanian, I don't see the wrong thing with incest. So I wasn't insulting you. I wasn't joking. Uh, I, uh, I I want to just quickly address the weird dynamic between Michelle and Tony in this episode. Mm. I, I've officially lost track of who's upset with who now because a couple weeks ago it was Tony giving Michelle the cold shoulder. Hey, Tony, I need to talk to you. And he's like, no, and just walks away. And now it's Tony like, hey, Michelle, hey, Michelle. And she just looks at him and keeps walking. What What is their beef now? I just don't care anymore. Like, I, and, and we're going to get such a great moment with them coming up later this season. Like it's going to be one of the best moments of this entire season, if not the entire series. And, and I'm just... I know they're trying to put this distance between them now because we know where we're going to go, but we talked about repetition. I mean, repetition in the same season is just getting annoying. Just have one be mad at the other. Don't have it. They have to keep flipping back I, and forth. I think it just comes down to the fact that the writers are like, Hey, this husband and wife, we need to have them like have some sort of interaction and whatever. So, cause this whole drama is, um, 
the, the, the scene when Chappelle's like, okay, this is the update. Amador's on the run and we, we, we've only got Nina Myers as a lead, which, again, massive plot hole because everyone in this office should know about Amador. They've been hunting him down for, like, the last few hours. So this is a just this is just an exposition scene for the audience, clearly. But then, like, the way they're like, uh, and our only lead is Nina Myers. No, it's not. You literally <laughs> just said Amador. That's your lead. Like, yeah. and you've got the um, Armas or whatever. Alvis. Really Alvis, thank you. Like, You've got two other leads. Like, I mean, you don't. Like, Nina is not your only lead. Um, and then this whole situation about, like, oh, and we got a list of that they were in cities in Europe. Why hasn't the list in Europe been updated, Michelle? It's like, oh, I was busy. Hmm. <laughs> like, and that's... <laughs> I'm angry. But that's that's where, like, because I think, I guess, like, does Tony kind of throw her under the bus? When, when Chappelle's like, and who was updating Europe earlier on today? And he's like, Michelle. And she's like, oh, Tony, don't tell me. <laughs> so it's it's random conflict for conflict's sake, which is then going to turn into, hey, remember when hey, Michelle is the, the random <sighs> tech guy? Isn't this weird for you? You know, Tony used to fuck her, right? Now she's in a yeah. room, like, you know, like, okay. Yeah, well, and we talked about season two, like there should have been a Tony and Nina thing. I'm glad that we get this, though. Mm. We do get something, but like only now are people remembering that Tony kind of has maybe not as much reason as Jack. He didn't kill somebody, but like he was the last guy she was with, you know? <laughs> Jack's not mourning Nina. Tony is mourning the fact that his you know, wife-to-be or whatever she was you know, completely betrayed him and used them completely. Like we get a little bit of that addressed in Jack's here. Just selfish. Like I'll boo who you kill. Yes. Like, let's be honest. Like, like if if Jamie, like if I got a boyfriend or a girlfriend, whatever. Like <laughs> I, I was gonna say if Jamie killed my wife, but I'm just not gonna. I'm just gonna leave that be. Um, but like if Jamie killed somebody near and dear to me, and it was all about oh boo hoo, Jamie killed Connie Britton. Oh, I'm so sad. I was dating Connie Britton. I've got AIDS. But then like you've got a right to be upset because you were fucking her. Well, actually, you weren't fucking her at the time. You were in a cohabitant <laughs> relationship with her at the time. <laughs> so therefore you should have a right to be upset. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So at least Tony has a right to be upset here. And as much as I'm annoyed with uh, the, the Tony and Michelle, you know, cold shoulder thing, it, it does provide for some fun moments with Michelle watching it on the interrogation, you know, of oh, all yeah. people she's watching and it. Kim, <laughs> sorry. I, I love how Kim like tunes into this to watch it. Yeah. Um, Adam. <laughs> yeah. But then like, Kim, I'm jumping ahead a bit here, but when like Nina's like getting medical treatment, Kim's reaction watching the screen has not changed. Shouldn't she all be like, oh yes, I die, die, Nina, die? She's just like at a desk, oh yeah, cool, Nina's trying to die. Like, isn't Kim watching, like, when they go, like, isn't Kim watching this feed? Shouldn't she see Nina like kill uh, the guy and the other guy and all that sort yeah. of stuff? Yeah. Uh, Darren Richards, who's going to be oh. brought in here, specialist Darren Richards. Which I, I love when Nina's like, hello, Darren. And Tony's like, you have, don't mind him. He doesn't talk much. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Darren Richards. Darren I Skywalker. <laughs> Darren Skywalker. <laughs> this is Darren. Darren, uh, what's your last name again? Skywalker. Um, I also do like them questioning, because this was, you want to talk about consistency, this was the whole thing last season about maybe Jack shouldn't be the one dealing with Nina, you know? 
Uh, he's probably not the, and they're actually saying that with Tony, uh, multiple people. It's like, do you really think Tony should be doing this? You know, they only have a history, but then you have Jack turning it around where, where, when he finds out that Darren Skywalker is in there, that uh, you, he, he says, you should never put somebody in with Nina who doesn't know her. Like yeah. she will manipulate right her. She on. will figure out a way. And the audience isn't even caught up at that point. And that, this is what I was saying with the Hannibal Lecter thing. Cause like in the silence of the lambs, everybody kind of, is like from a distance with Hannibal Lecter, like, Ooh, be careful of him. Ooh, he's done some bad things. Nobody says anything until the, the big breakout scene he has with the, uh, the cage and the guards and the face and all that. Uh, so you, you just kind of build up the aura of this character until they're unleashed. And they do the exact mm. same thing with Nina here, where if you had said from the beginning, never put somebody in there who Nina hasn't dealt with, that's one thing, but you waited until the audience has already met Dar Darren Skywalker. He's already, you know, he doesn't talk much and all that. Uh, and he's you know, taken out his briefcase. And then you have like this back for like, this is one of the reasons why I say this episode is so good. It's the editing. Cause you're, you're getting the interrogation part. Then you're getting Jack and he's like, well, who's in there with Nina? Oh, Darren. And it's like, wait, you should not put somebody. And then you have Skywalker? Adam yeah, Skywalker. <laughs> and then you have uh, Kim and Adam who are saying the same thing. Wait, this isn't a good idea. Should, should he be in there? And everybody all of a sudden comes to the conclusion. Something's going to happen. So now the audience is clued in. Something's going to happen with Nina. We don't know what it is. And then all of a sudden you, you, you wait, you wait, wait. And then boom, out of nowhere, she throws her head back and the thing is severed her artery and stuff like that. And you're like, she's tried to kill herself. Now, one of the best things about this, I, I, I don't know. I know there's a trivia bit about the end of the episode, but is it interesting if, if this is the same interrogation room with Nina and um, Jamie in the last season that now Nina is essentially doing the, the whole suicide is a suicide this, thing? This isn't the same interrogation. I think you're getting your rooms mixed up. I don't think it's the same interrogation room. Well, Jamie was, how many interrogation rooms do they have? Well, Jamie didn't get interrogated in an interrogation room, if you remember. She was handcuffed to a computer chair. She was like in that computer room. The, the, you're, are you thinking of the trivia with the room is that uh, Nina gets killed in the same room that Terry well, No, I know that one. But I'm, but I'm saying this scene, the, the whole uh, security the footage room that, that shouldn't have existed. Yeah, no, it's... Okay. It's, it's not because I if mean, you there's, remember, there's she's in a, Jamie's in a room with all the, yeah, I, I, I totally get what you're saying, but yeah. um, yeah, it's, uh, it's not, but I, yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. Cause like when she does it, they say like, oh, it's in a whatever artery, but she's up and fine and ready to go. Um, <laughs> but like, this is where I think um, there's a bit of a mistake when they say like to Jack, like, oh, she's trying to kill herself or whatever. Like, that's where Jack should straight away be like, well, like, two hours ago she was saying how much she didn't want to die. So, like, this isn't Nina. Like, Nina would not try and kill herself. Um, mm -hmm. But I, the one thing I just want to add before we get to, like, the, the ending is the the Tony bit when he's interrogating is so good. And I love the bit. Um, what does Nina say? Like, first Jack, now you. Hmm, what does that remind me of? Like, I love that line. And then I also love the fact that when they are interrogating her, as this is the whole thing about what's his face having like HIV, it's like her heart yeah. rate is going up. Somebody's been having unprotected sex. And it's yeah, like, and the, way the, the way that Tony turns that around and goes, something struck a nerve with you. And I don't think it was his bad knee. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, like props to Carlos Bernard. Like we often shit on Carlos Bernard sometimes for mm. the way he acts, but like he's actually really good in this scene. Every, everyone's yeah. really good in this whole episode. Um, but yeah, it's just something like it's it's so good with it, and um, yeah, like and poor old 
Richard Skywalker getting killed and random <laughs> guard. Like, I actually really, like, I get it. Like, it's all in the, you know, don't see, you know, it looks more tense. But, like, Nina's a fucking badass here if she kills that, like, yeah. big burly black security dude. He's fucking built like a tank. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, other people are there. Like, she's killed, like, five people in the space of three seconds and done a run. Good for you, Nina. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, and it is going to become so Hannibal Lecter here, even down to the point of, like, faking her own death so she could be stuck on no, the way she... Excuse me. It's very James well, Bond die another day. Thank you very much. <sighs> Don't remind me. Uh, <laughs> But the, the way she pinches this tube and then all of a sudden her pulse drops, like, we're losing her, we're losing her. And then she ends up getting out of there still. Isn't that... The dead guard, like you said, off screen. I love that the dead guard is off screen. I think the... Isn't she... I, I got it when she was pinching the tube that she was blocked because they turn around and say, like, oh, she's under. So I think she's blocking the the anesthesia from, pretty, from like yeah. knocking her out because she, like, fakes being knocked out. And that's why I think she's, like, blocking the tube. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, that's what it was. Uh, again, it's like Nina has a plan for this. Is what I was saying what I loved about the airplane last week, where and uh, the worm that uh, the worm <laughs> worm Skywalker. Uh, <laughs> this is the, the, the Skywalker worm. <laughs> um, but the way that that's like uh, I, I justify that is Nina would have had that backup plan in place because she knew at some point this could happen. Ugh. Oh, wow. That makes me so gassy. Burp Skywalker. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, she would have had that plan in place. And like she she played that card only when she thought she was out of options. After she played the card and it didn't work, she was just looking for another option. Everything she does here in this scene, this is why Nina is such a brilliant character because it, it all logically makes sense. She's just sitting there. She's stalling without it being obvious, you know, She's not giving them information. She's waiting till they bring the guy in. She's going along with the injections, but yet the whole time she's like, oh, now I know what I'm going to do. And it's like, oh, she's ahead of the audience. So by the time she's doing this, you can backtrack her moves and be like, well, it actually did make sense the way she did. She would have known that this was going to be a spot that was going to hit an artery. Maybe it wasn't going to kill her. She would have known that they would try to put her under. She would know that she'd be in the position to do this. Like everything is so calculated with her. Uh, and then the big ending which, like you said, the trivia of this, the, Nina's final showdown here. Now, Kim is on the loose. She's looking for, everybody's looking for Nina. They can't find her, just like Hannibal Lecter. Uh, and Kim's going to stumble into her in the, the same room where Nina killed her mother. This is the computer room. This is the server room, whatever it is. This Pocket is the room. final scene of the socket room. Yes, this Pocket is... Uh, <laughs> I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> this is the uh, the literal room where season one ended with Kim and Jack and Terry and Nina. Uh, Nina was gone by that point, but she still did it in this room. And you have the drama of the, the gun. Kim's on. Now, this is what I was saying earlier about a moment where I always remembered kind of being annoyed and hating Kim's involvement in it. And when I watch it now, I'm like, no, that actually, I, it's one of these things where you mm. build up in your mind. You're like, oh, it wasn't as bad as I thought. Because I remember that it being so cheesy with like, oh, of course, Kim's got the gunner. No, no, I'm going to shoot. And uh, surprise, Kim doesn't shoot Nina. Jack comes in from the kill from the outside. Um, it's it's actually done really well. And I always sort of remember this as being done poorly. And it was probably probably just, you know, we see the episode for the first time. Because, again, I'd never rewatched at least the second half. I've never watched anything past Salazar's death in season three. So this is all my second viewing at this point. 
in my mind, when I watched this the first time, I'm like, oh, come on. Yeah, it's going to be Kim and Kim's going to kill her. But it's really not. It, it, and the, the, the trivia about this, it actually is part, and I didn't read the trivia until after I watched this, but it, it totally backs up. The, the intention is clear here. So it was originally supposed to be Kim that killed Nina. And Kiefer Sutherland fought to have it be Jack that killed Nina. Now, I think a lot of people would probably just look at that and say, well, Jack just wants to be the star. He wants the, the spotlight. It needs to be the Jack show. But it makes so much more sense because Jack is looking out for Kim. Jack doing this, for the first time, we've had so many opportunities where he could have killed Nina and he didn't. And like you said, two bullets, he's going to shoot Nina twice. But like, he really wouldn't. Like He only kills Nina when he knows he has no other option. Him shooting her the first time here, we I guess we technically do get two bullets, but shooting her the first time, it was solely because he's like, Kim will pull the trigger, and I don't want her to have to deal with that because she. Th this is well, not her Kim's job. Kim's murdered before, remember? <laughs> yeah. But Gary? Jack shooting Nina the first time is just to spare Kim of this. Now, the second time, this is a Jack moment where he's looking at her. He's like, you're not going to give us any more information, are you? And she's going for the gun. She's going for it. And he just comes and he fires another bullet and she's dead. Now that is a top five moment easily. I, I, I think this might be our first firm top five moment. There'll be no debate about it. Because um, everything else up to this point, is like, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Or one of us is really hot and the other one isn't. I, I'm going to assume that you're totally with me on this. That this is a top five moment. Oh, 100%. I think from memory, my top 24, 24 moments, I had this in here. Um, I mean... This, I would argue, is our outside of Terry. I know Mason was a fairly major character, but this would be the biggest death that we've had in this show since Terry. Um, and I think that it's important to, you know, we'll eulogize Nina and everything. But, um, yeah, I absolutely agree. It's 100% top five. I think um, one thing when Nina does, you know, she gets stabbed in the neck. Everyone's getting, like, stabbed and shot in the neck. But, like, yeah, I... I you know, I would actually have been okay with Kim killing Nina. I, I think a lot of people probably would have complained, but I also agree. Yes, it should be Jack doing it. That's what makes the most sense. Um, I also, I think Sarah Clark, I think it's in the book, says that she basically was not really for Kim killing her as well. She said it wouldn't really make sense because, yeah, from, a, you know, a character perspective, getting revenge, but at the end of the day, Nina's so much stronger than Kim. So she, there's no mm -hmm. way that she would die in a situation like that. And then also there was a possible plot point that Nina got away, but then yeah. Keith Sutherland basically came out and said like, yeah, that would make Jack Bauer the worst CTU agent <laughs> of all time if he let her go. Um, and then let's be honest, Jack kind of just cold-blooded murder here. He's going to get away with it, which, uh, you know, he's not James Bond. He doesn't have a license to kill, but it's, it's epic. And like, it's, mm -hmm. this is, I will give it praise because, you know, as I said constantly, you know, most shows would drag this out. I, I never watched The Mentalist, but wasn't the whole thing with Simon Baker that somebody killed his family and he was always trying to find them? And didn't they, like, drag that out after, like, five I've never seasons? never seen it. Yeah. So I think it's, you know, one of these things where they drag it out for so long. Yeah. Like, and they probably would have done this on any normal network show. But the fact that they, like, basically, you know, I know we're, like, third season but technically you're two and a half seasons in you know and they they kill her off um mm -hmm. so i do give them praise that they didn't drag this on for another like four seasons um and it is kind of sticks with the mo of 24 that no one's really safe i, I, mean, I remember watching this at the first uh first time going like, oh wow they killed her like already like it is a bit of a shock and you're going to get another major character this season uh who also gets killed off which again kind of leads into more than one 
season three, you know, really does, you know, close a chapter on 24 before we get into the next one. So it's a great moment. The, the, the one slight, this is a really weird criticism, but I don't know how you would feel about this is like, Jack, when he kills her, I feel there should be a bit more emotion there. Like, he, he's angry. You kind of get a bit of a look on his face, and they're kind of just like, oh, you know, whatever. But, like, I almost no. think Jack should, like, have a bit of a cry, like, have a bit of a tear. Like, he's got it. Like, that's it. Book closed. He's got his revenge. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I don't think so. But, again, going back to last season, I was very much on board with Jack being overly emotional about it. Is that a character? And I think it's just, I, I always prefer this. This is his job, you know? Sure, there's emotions involved in it, but like, A, that would ruin the end of this season, the, the final moment of this season. But also, he, when he pulls the trigger here, I think it is it, it is in part for Terry, but his job always comes first. And that's why he says, you're really not going to give us any information. He's like, once he knows she serves no more purpose, and he's like, now it's okay to cold blood murder her. So I, I don't think he would show emotion. But that's I, just, that's my take on him. Well, that's where I disagree with where, yeah, okay, it's about his job. But like, I mean, he, like, he doesn't just shoot her once. He shoots her like, what, two or three times here to make sure that she's dead. And that's, we know why he's doing that. And this is where I think I love season one to the point. I think we had this talk about how, you know, was season one, you know, pointless because of what we get is not really badass Jack like we get Futron, but this is where I disagree and think it's so important for the background and the emotions side of his character. Everything that Jack does really from the end, from point season two onwards is because he's lost his wife. Um, you know, he's he's going to have relationships, he's going to do that, but it's never going to be Terry. And I think that you get a bit in this episode where he's being interrogated by Ray Skywalker and he's all like, you know, like, you know what I've been through since the death of Terry. So like, I think it's kind of like, you've got a little bit of a character. So that's where I just think that, yeah, it's about his job. I mean, you know, I was more on board with the emotional Jack last year, particularly that scene on the plane, which I love. Um, but I just, I don't know. Like it's, it's a great scene. I'm not taking away from it, but like have him like have a bit of a bit of a tear, a bit. Of, it's kind of like um, season six, the first four episodes, which is the good part of season six. If you remember when the nuclear bomb goes off, he kind of like drops to his knees and he has a bit of a cry. And I think sometimes you need that from Jack. And I think this is a moment where he should have something like, cause this is the woman who killed his wife. This is why he is the way he is now basically versus how he was, you know? So that's where I just think something and like not a silent clock because you're not going to give Nina a silent clock. She doesn't get a silent clock. But just something there. I don't know. The score. Like, play the score that you had from the end of season one. Like, just have some sort of little throwback there because this is the moment he's finally gotten revenge. So, that's my only criticism. But outside of that, I love this scene. I love that they kill her off. They did it. I would have been fine if Kim did it, but it makes more sense to Jack to do it. Um, Yeah. Besides that one criticism, I've got no complaints. Easily the top five. We already talked about the trivia about this being the same location, the, the alternate ideas for Nina's death. Uh, what else you got? Um, I think there was something in the book that was interesting. You mentioned about um, last week about Julia changing clothes every like 500 times or whatever. Apparently the oh. costume. Oh, I, I was going to say, I didn't, I didn't count. Did she change again this week or is it the same uh, wardrobe? Maybe. I think actually, no, I think she was in a dressing gown, wasn't she? Cause she'd gone to bed. <laughs> so um, according to costume designer, Jim Lapita, uh, great character in Lost. Uh, for every main character on the show, the costume department has to buy or create six to twelve versions of every piece of costume uh, to accommodate uh, not only the main actor but their photo doubles and stunt doubles. Um, but 
Yeah, it's it's kind of got a bit of an interview with uh, Sarah Clark talking about how she was fine um, with it, her being killed off. Uh, and this is where she says here about Kim killing her. She said, I think I would have been really horrified if Kim killed me. As much as I love Alicia Cuthbert, she's a wonderful actress, just integrity-wise, but Nina is a much stronger woman. At that point, she did feel like a caged animal, and it made the most sense that it was Jack killing her. I was sad, of course. They did talk to me about getting away, but Kiefer was like, come on, I am the worst federal agent there is if I let her get away. Um, so... Yeah, I also love the fact that on the research files, a little bit which I never read out because it's just usually just like fact-checking like a real-life thing. So they talk about angina. <laughs> Sounds like vagina. Um, <laughs> that's why I could never go to Saskatchewan and go to Regina. I would just laugh too much. Um, which I still I still really hope that there is like a waxing place or a gynecology place called like Regina Vagina. Like, I mean, come on. Um, when Sherry and Julia Millican surprise Alan Millican, it sets off his angina. Angina is intense chest pain due to lack of like whoop-de-doo, 24 book. Um, I think there was something else in the trivia. Maybe it was because I never really look I at the IMDb trivia. Um, oh, th- yeah, there was a couple. So this is the first time Jack ever kills a woman. A woman. Oh, a woman. Um, and it's one of only five episodes that we ever see Jack kill a female. So there you go. That's a fun little um, fact. Um, and according to IMDb trivia, from this point on, every episode in the series is preceded by the viewer discretion warning for graphic violence. Fox added the notice regularly as a precautionary measure after the FCC began cracking down on television indecency due to the infamous Janet Jackson Super Bowl halftime. <laughs> so thanks, Justin Tim. I'm not even blaming Janet Jackson. Thanks, Justin Timberlake, because now we're going to get viewer discretion advised. Um, and also apparently Amador was meant to die in this episode originally. Um, apparently he was meant to get his throat slit, but the writers liked him and decided to keep him around a while longer, opting to kill off another villain instead. So, uh, there you go. This was meant to be Amador's last episode. Uh, Next week, I have done no research into what well, we have. Are we going to buy it and rank it? Or oh, you just sure, gonna... <laughs> we can if you want. I just assume I mean, this is a you. buy. Just get rid of Oz well, Network traditions here, but whatever. <laughs> I will buy it. Will you buy it? I look, I will. Twist my arm, but I'll do it. Fine. All right. And rankings, I said this is my top of the season. Um, it's actually easily the top of my season. This is a top five episode all around for me. I've got this wow. at my number five overall, which wow. is just just below the the bomb episode in season two. That's a big one. That's what I I show you hear that a lot, Colin. Um, Not as wow, often as you think. I I love you so honest about your dick size. Um, <laughs> can we get Jamie on? Um, Jamie. <laughs> Quickly, um, I have this at number 18. Uh, What? No. I actually have this just below the interrogation episode from last season, the uh, the room, like the the, the, The the, um, boardroom episode last year, uh, last season. You tear me apart! uh, (laughs) Coming soon, actually, about the time of release, this will be the same week that's coming. Good segue, Colin. Um, (laughs) Thank you. But no, I still have the first episode of this season in the top 10. But uh, no, I've got this at 18. I don't have it quite that high, but I'm not opposed to you having it that high. Good job. Well, thank you. What is your highest ranking for a season three episode? Because I've got two uh, in the top eight. 10 now, but like that's it. Okay, eight. so you got one, only one in the top 10? One in the top 10, two in the top 20. Yeah. Okay. I've, I have this 
at number five. I've got episode six at number 10 and I've got episode one at number 12 now. So it's actually I guess a solid three point. in the top 12. It's a very solid point you make because going on the consistency of this season being so good, we're only buying renting, but if just looking at my rankings, yeah, I don't have anything. And this, I think this is what the conversation we're talking about, how it's sort of, maybe it's just not those big standout moments. Whereas, you know, mm-hmm. you look at like, I've got one season two episode or two season two episodes in the top 10, and that's the bomb going off and the finale. Uh, I've got three. So, yeah, I've got one, two, three, four, five season two episodes in the top 20, only two season three. So that means that then I've got, what, 13 season one episodes in the top 20. Uh, So, yeah, and all basically all my rankings for season three are all really in the vicinity between 20 and 33 for the buys. And then the rents, the lowest I've got on my list is 53rd out of, and we've had 62 episodes, but that's still a rent. So, um, yeah, I, it's weird that I love this season so much, but I actually don't have the episodes ranked super high. Uh I, I said I hadn't really looked ah. up anything for next week's episode, but you mentioned Saunders comes ah. next week already. Yes, get excited! I like I um I'll read the synopsis. We didn't do that last week. Sorry that we didn't jump into. I usually now read the synopsis for next week, but no, we officially get the introduction to me of the best villain in all of twenty four. He is in it next week. Paul Blackthorne as TV Stephen Saunders uh, is in it as of next week. So um get pumped, get excited. Uh, so yeah, we also get the introduction of this, uh, Chandler Plaza hotel storyline next week. So we actually, does that mean we get our final major four desperate housewife husband next week? Uh, which I'm pretty sure we do. Yes. Doug Savant next week. He's in it. Get pumped. Doug Savant. You actually know who that is or, um, you might recognize him. (laughs) You might recognize him from such shows as desperate houses. He was Felicity Huffman's husband. So, um, but uh, that's what I know him from. He didn't, uh, you know, legally get his children into college or anything. So it's all good. Um, Marcus (laughs) Alvarez plants the virus in the Chandler Plaza hotel. Jack is almost removed from the investigation for killing a material witness. CTU sends a tactical team to the hotel. Oh, is Colin making money? Oh, he's got a phone call. All right. (laughs) Briefly breaking transmission. We'll be uh, back immediately with the following thing that we are going to say. And the thing that we're going to say is Colin's back. Did you earn money for that phone call? <laughs> I did. I did. I earned overtime for that. Um, Jesus. 15 so minutes s- worth. So sad that you get paid to answer a phone and I don't have a job. <laughs> so I uh, mean, I, 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 if, if it makes you feel better, I the phone call I got was, sorry to call you so early in the morning, but I know you have three kids, so you're probably up anyways. Uh, wow. To which I replied, I've been up for three hours, uh, so you're right. Um, but the, the, the one thing I'll say is I, I try to, this is completely off topic, but I try to go back to sleep on weekends. Uh, once all the kids are up and taken care of, I'm like, great, I'm going to go back to sleep. Being on call is frustrating to do that because I will start drifting off and then somebody calls me and then I'll start drifting off and somebody calls me. So and if it makes you feel better, I get paid to not sleep. In other words, well, <laughs> and I, I have I... had times where I'm called at one in the morning and I get paid for it. Well, I'll boohoo. Whereas I, I get the, the third degree when I put podcast host on my Tinder profile and people go like, so what do you do for a job? And I'm like, I'm a podcast host. <laughs> yeah, but what do you do for a real job? I'm like, fuck. <laughs> okay. Thank hey, you for that. 
And if you sign up to Patreon, you can make this a real job for Ben. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like Rob Sestanino can say he's got a real job because people pay him to do that. <laughs> They're second-guessing him, are they? Um, anyway, uh, the synopsis for next week. Marcus Alvarez plants the virus in Channel Plaza Hotel. Jack is almost removed from the investigation of killing the CTU sends a tactical team to the hotel where the virus is scheduled to be released. And Gael, he's back. There he is. Oh, so he gets brought back next week basically to die. Uh, spoiler alert. Go <laughs> find the arm mechanism that contains a virus but cannot disarm it in time. Well, it's not a spoiler alert. If you listen to our interview with him, uh, you'll find that out. But Saunders! Saunders next week! I'm I'm very curious about Saunders because, as I've already said in this episode, I never re-watched anything past the Salazars. My one time watching season three all the way through, I was not a fan of Saunders. However, Boom. I've been surprised with this, this season so far. And I think... More specifically, uh, between we had Amador, it's clear, okay, he is our second villain. As soon as he comes in, it's the right timing. But then you threw Nina in the mix. And then we have this this weird thing with Alvarez, like I said, where they're building him up like he's going to be the next guy, but he's actually just going to be a henchman, which he'll with play AIDS. into this, with AIDS next week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I actually, I, I'm curious if Saunders' reveal is going to, even if we know it's coming, be like, oh, that's a surprise because they didn't really give away that there was another villain coming. At this point, you think we've got our villains we're done with. And also, if you think you're going to be excited for Saunders, also get excited. Look out next week for Nathaniel Moon playing uh, the great character of Man with a Gun. So, uh, the Nathaniel Moon? Who's the Nathaniel, Nathaniel Moon, Moon <laughs> playing Man... Nathaniel Moon playing Man with a Gun Skywalker. <laughs> uh, uh, and, and our maid comes back, you said, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Beatrice Skywalker is oh. back next week. Time to make more money. Pause. Oh, God, here we go. <laughs> Meanwhile, all right, another break as Colin makes more money. Well, on that note, let's find out what I'm going to say after this brief break in transmission. And what I'm going to say is Colin made more money. I can't think of anything funny to add. <laughs> um, sorry, Colin made more money Skywalker. There you go. Uh, you know what? At this rate, I could pay to sign up for our Patreon if I get one more call. <laughs> uh, I've, I've got our top tier right there. Does that mean that uh, I actually have a private Skype what call with you every month? Or <laughs> <laughs> We're doing it right now. Uh, w- w- what is our top tier? What is the cost of our top tier? I don't fucking know. No one signs up to it. I never look at it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen at the end. Like, just go to the website. I'm oh God, you make me do all the work on this show. Um, I think it's, is that the uh, website for it? Uh, no, it's not. Um, I don't even know the address for our Patreon. What do I say at the end? Um, I'm just going to say, if somebody signs up for our top tier, I will allow you to call me first thing in the morning. Uh, <laughs> at least one time. I'm not even allowed and to I, do I won't that. Even, I won't even charge you for it. Um, um, do you want me to find... Okay, so hang on. I found our page. Uh, I found a welcome. How do you even work this thing out? I don't even know. <laughs> you it know we've got, like, no, we've got no bloody Patreon <laughs> and I don't even know how this website works. <laughs> I'm literally like, what? Patreon? What is it? Um, th- where do I view the page from, like, what people see? We will uh, get back to that next week. As, <laughs> hang on. Viewing as public. Just bear with me. I'm old, all right? Um, okay. <laughs> This is in Canadian dollars, apparently. So it's $4 a month with a little one. Uh, $13.50 a month. That's a bit exorbitant. Uh, but you get access to all of our Survivor Oz merch and, uh, episodes. Mm. $27 a month. Or the most expensive one is $67 a month. No one's got money to do that. <laughs> Don't sign up for that one. What do you That's get for absurd. that? You get, 
You get another. You get an Oz Network T-shirt. You get permanent sponsor branding on our website. A monthly private call with the host of your choice to talk about <laughs> movies, TV. A monthly TV movie recap review of your choice. Uh, that's pretty good. As well as getting um, what else do you get? All the other crap and all the other ones. That's decent. You get a T-shirt. That is us. That's worth not worth sixty-seven bucks, but it's, that's the Pulp Fiction line. It's like it's not a five-dollar milkshake, but it's, it's if, uh, that is at least worth twenty-three dollars. I'm going to say seriously. It. If you paid sixty-seven dollars a month, that's more than I'm earning a month right now. So I mean, you know, <laughs> Colin made that just for a phone call, and I'm sitting here at midnight on a Saturday night in my bedroom at my father's house. Now that if that doesn't make you feel sorry for me, then fuck you. But um, just, just pay give the me four money. A month. Even the four dollars a month will make him happy. I'm getting abused by like E-list survivor players. <laughs> um, I don't know what life is anymore. Uh, as you tease, we got more exciting stuff than just 24 and uh, Breaking Bad and our movie month, which I guess is ongoing now. Our 20th anniversary movie month of a bunch of 2002 movies. Um, what's this week on that, Ben? The answer to that one, Colin, of course, would be signs. Signs, uh, signs. Yes. About a boy last week was great. Signs yes. is better, and so is the room. Our uh, and, what and my, fourth, fifth year yeah. anniversary of that. So that's happening. The, the, our, our other anniversary, which is not an anniversary of the movie itself. Although, is this the anniversary of the room? What year did the room movie come out? Two thousand three, two, one, <laughs> three, two, one. Countdown. Two thousand three. Oh, next year will be uh, the actual anniversary of the rooms. We'll have to do something big. We'll have to get Tommy Wiseau on. Uh, oh, sure, but- we've just been holding off. He's been begging at our door. <laughs> Going like, oh, oh you, hi, got, you got network. A, you've got an autographed picture, don't you? <laughs> I did. I don't know if I brought it with me in Canada or not. Aww. I left my T-shirt back in Canada, so you know, if you want to drive to Victoria and I'll give you my old address, feel free to go get my stuff. Sure. So <laughs> just give me six days to get there and back, and I'll do it. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, our anniversary episode on, on us covering the room, we do it once every year. We're going to cover something to do with the Tommy Wiseau room, uh, and. Whatever it is we do this year, I'm sure will be just as hilarious as last year and the year before. Um, so lots of fun stuff to come, uh, as well as Patreon. Sign up to whatever tier you want. Just give Ben some money. He needs it. Um, Please. Validation in his life. Uh, my name is Colin, Colin Skywalker. And my name is Ben Skywalker, and I have other things to attend to. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time.
Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. (laughs)